صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا وقال تعالى في مقام آخر ومن يبتغ غير الإسلام دينا فلن يقبل منه وهو في الآخرة من الخاسرين وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الإحسان أن تعبد الله كأنك تراه فإن لم تكن تراه فإنه يراك أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام Respected ulama elders, brothers in Islam and those sisters who are listening In this ayat of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and Allah has given us a great gift. It is said when this verse was revealed, and Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu once read it to a Jewish person, he said if this verse came on our ummah on us, we would have taken it as a day of Eid. It would have been a celebration for us. What a beautiful verse you people have got. What a great bounty Allah has given to you people. So Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu said that I know exactly the day when this verse was revealed. And actually, it was a double Eid for us. It was the day of Arafat. It's the day of Eid. It's the day of Hajj. It's a, Eid, it's a kind of Eid for us. The day, next, the day after Arafat is our Eid day normally. But it's, a, it's also like a day of uh, uh, joyous occasion for us as a Muslim people. And it was the day of Jumu'ah also. So it was a double Eid. And what was the verse? Today I have perfected for you your deen, your way of life. And I have made my ni'mat and my bounty, the bounty of Islam, complete. It's perfect. There's no need for any changes. There's no need for anything less. Exactly as I've given you, this is my favor, which Allah has given to people. So it's completely tam. Tam means it's, 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 it's perfect now. There's no need. Or it's complete. There's no need for any additions or subtractions. And I am pleased that I have granted you Islam as a deen, as a way of life. So this was a great favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this deen. So the Jewish person told Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu, that you're so fortunate that Allah ta'ala has declared in the Quran that Allah has given you a deen, Allah is happy with you, with Islam is your deen. And this deen is complete, it's perfect now. There is no need for any, any new things in the deen. And there is nothing that must be left out of the deen. It's a complete way of life. Now what is the meaning of deen? Normally people translate deen as, as religion. We've got a religion to follow. But deen is more encompassing. It's a whole way of life, a way of thinking. It's not only confined to the masjid, but deen is a way of life. 24 hours of the day, I have to become a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What my Allah wants from me. So in one hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa he explains what is deen. This hadith, like this ayat of the Quran came right to the end of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's life. They say after this verse was revealed, no laws, extra new laws came in. There were some other ayats of the Quran which came down. But no new laws came. This was like about two months before Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa passed away. This verse of the Quran was revealed. So just before Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa passed away, after this hajj, he goes back home. And an amazing incident happens. And the ulama referred to this hadith as Umm Sunnah, the mother of Sunnah. The, the crux of all the Sunnah in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa explains to us what is deen. And what we have to bring into our lives. And we have to look now that if I got deen in my life, Am I following Islam correctly or properly? 
So once the Sahaba Hazrat Umar narrates, he says we were sitting with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and suddenly one man comes. He was a stranger, none of us knew him. He was Shadidu Bayadi Thiyab. His clothing was extremely white and his hair was extremely black. So he looked like a young person, but his clothing was white. And now you're living in the Arabian lands. If, uh, if a person is traveling, coming from a distance, obviously his clothing will be disheveled. It will be a bit untidy, dirty, unkempt. But this man came with extremely white clothing and his hair is extremely black. And this amazing thing was none of us recognize him. Anyhow, he comes and he says, My Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, first, he put his knees by the knees of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he told Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Islam. Tell me what's Islam. So Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam answered, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Al-Islam wa antashadu antashadu an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammadan rasulullah wa tuqimu salah wa tasuma ramadhan wa tuqimu wa tuaddiya zakah wa tasuma ramadhan wa tahajjul bayta in istata'ata ilayhi sabila. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi explained to him the five pillars of Islam. Islam means the first thing is to testify that there is none worthy of worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the messenger of Allah. And then to perform our salat, to give our zakat, to fast in the month of Ramadan, and if a person has got the ability to go for Hajj. So I will explain this, this, this portion now. So the man said, Sadaqta, you have spoken the truth. So Hazrat Umar says, We were surprised that this man, he's asking the question, and then after he's saying, you, are, you, have, you have spoken the truth. Normally, when you ask a question, you don't know yourself what's the answer. He's saying, Yes, you've spoken the truth. What you said is completely right. So, anyhow, this is the first thing what we have to bring in our life is Islam. What is the meaning of Islam? There's five branches, the five pillars. So Hazrat Murana Qasim Nanotya Rahmatullah, a very great scholar of Islam, he explains, he says that the Anbiya Muslim coming down in this world, why have they come down? They have come down to teach us our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our creator and sustainer. We have to learn our gain, and how can we gain a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What is the demands of him? What is his commands upon us? And this is of two parts. This relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is made up of two parts. The first part is itaat, complete obedience. And the second thing is a relationship of muhabbat and love. We need these two things together, love and itaat and obedience. When these two things reach the highest level, then this is called ibadah, it is called worship. And the only being worthy of worship is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is none other man by nature, he is a servant. We have to be a servant of somebody. If you're not following the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're the servant of our nafs, our desires. We are the servant of shaitan, but man by nature is a servant. Some person will be a servant of money. Some person, abdul dinar, servant of, of wealth, dirham. Nabi some said, destruction be to them. Some will be the servant of clothing, fashion, abdul khamisa. Nabi some said, destruction be to them. Some will be the servant of his wife, of the women folk. Destruction be to such people. Uh, we have to become the servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's two relationships we've got with Allah Ta'ala. One is of love and one is of obedience. How will a person get this? So the first thing in Islam we taught, La ilaha illallah. To learn about Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, to get married for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. La ilaha illallah is not just Allah is one. But now to build up a relationship with Allah Ta'ala. And how will a person build up a relationship? There are certain names of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. The Asma'ul Husna. When a person learns these names and goes into the depths and the meaning of the understanding of this, then he will understand there are two qualities of Allah Ta'ala, Jamal and Jalal. The beauty of Allah and the grandeur of Allah, the greatness of Allah. And when a person gets the greatness of Allah in his heart, he will get obedience in his life. 
And when you understand the jamal and the beauty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will get the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his life. So this is an effort a person has to make to get ma'rifah, to know who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Today, unfortunately, we know everybody else. There was a great pious person by the name of, by, I think it was Bayazid Bustami rahmatullahi or Malik ibn Dina rahmatullahi. He said, Kharaja ahlu dunya min dunya walam yadhuqu atyaba shayin fiha. The people of this world have left this world and they have not tasted the most enjoyable thing in this world. So they asked him, what is the most enjoyable thing in this world? He said, Ma'rifatullahi Azza wa Jal. To know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To get a link and a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the greatest thing in this world. Today, unfortunately, uh, we, have, we are physically mature, but we are not spiritually mature. You see, when a small child, he's nine years, ten years old, he's playing with his friend, playing with marbles, playing with a kite. So his one friend becomes mature now. He reaches the age of 15, 16, now he becomes mature. So now he doesn't want to play marbles anymore. He doesn't want to play kite anymore. Now all the time he's in front of the mirror. He's combing his hair. He's beautifying himself, making himself smart. Why now he wants to attract the, the opposite gender? And in today's time, maybe he wants to, attra- uh, uh, he wants to attract the, the same gender also, unfortunately, we're living in that time. So anyhow, why now? His friend tells him, what's wrong with you? Come play with us marbles and kite. He says, no, you, you don't understand. I'm trying to attract that, that girl. You see that girl? Girls, well, what's the use of girls? Girls, we just throw sand on them. We pull their hair. He's small. He doesn't understand. He's got no feelings for girls. But his friend says, no, no, you don't understand. When you come my age, you'll understand. You're still small. You cannot play with your marbles and your kite. When you come to my age, you'll get understanding what, what it is to be balik. Why I'm getting different feelings now. And you feel sorry for that small boy. He doesn't know what it is to have a girlfriend. Obviously, it's haram. I'm just giving you an example. Or a person got married. He said, my friend doesn't know. He's still small. He doesn't understand what it is to get married because he has become physically mature now. And then there is a level of spiritual maturity. We are physically mature, but we're not spiritually mature. So for us, the things of this world, running after women folk, running after money, running after the, the latest cars, the latest fashions, this is enjoyable to a person. But as a person progresses and he gets the marifat and recognition of Allah Ta'ala, closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then these things in the world seem insignificant to him. He now gets an understanding. Now his friends change. His thinking changes. His enjoyments change. Now his enjoyment is in salat because he's got connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now his enjoyment is in tilawat of Quran. Now his enjoyment is in fasting. Now his enjoyment is not taking money but giving money. Now his enjoyment is going for hajj and for umrah. Now his enjoyment is in helping and assisting the people. And his enjoyment is building up that in dua, making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he has become spiritually mature. Now when he looks at his friends, they see they're not mature still. They are, they are running after money. They are running after women folk. They are running after the small things of this world. And he actually feels sorry for them. That these people, they're not, they haven't reached the age of maturity as yet. Maybe one day when they will come to my age, spiritually mature, then they will understand the reality of the things. That the things of this world is, is of no value at all. It has got no value in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is completely useless, but a person has to become spiritually mature. Now, how will a person become spiritually mature? How will he build up this relationship? So Allah has given us four pillars of Islam. We've got the first one already, to build up that ma'rifat and connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, وَتُقِيمُ salah. The first section you said, itaat, obedience to Allah ta'ala, subservience. So five times a day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us. We are making mashq now, we are making tamreen, exercising ourselves to bring this quality of obedience into our life. So five times a day we are called, the muazzin will call out and call us to the masjid. They show your obedience to Allah Ta'ala. You must leave everything now. 
leave your work, everything, the azan is called out. I have to proceed to the masjid. I will come here now and as a humble slave before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, stand behind the imam, we'll appoint somebody to put forward our request because I'm the servant of Allah ta'ala. And now I will humble myself and I will stand in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I will bow down and the imam will put the request forward to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah, I've done a great wrong upon myself. I've done, forgive me for my sins. Whatever needs I've got, he will make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is one form of the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then together with this, we are encouraged now. Our body, we showed we are servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then our money is not my money. I do not own the money. It is a gift given to me by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we are taught now to show our servitude to Allah ta'ala. We must give that money in charity. Minimum amount of charity is 2.5%. That's a minimum amount of stinginess. I mean, you're supposed to be much more. But 2.5% Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us that a person must give it now. This is also now, in those times they used to have zakat collectors, a person gives that money and now, or now in today's time, give it to the poor people. They are doing us a favor actually. We are showing our obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by them accepting our zakat. So this will teach a person how to bring the, 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 the quality of obedience into his life. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us fasting in the month of Ramadan. Fasting is an action which will create in a person the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when you love somebody, then eventually you don't feel like eating also. You don't feel like drinking also. You don't feel like sleeping at night also. All the time you're in the thoughts of your beloved. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made in the month of Ramadan that a person eats less. He decreases his eating. He decreases his sleeping. And if he does not have the quality of love, then at least he must imitate the lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those people who have actually got love in their hearts. We will imitate them because whoever you imitate, you will become like them. So we imitate those people who are fasting and those who are sacrificing their food and their drink for the pleasure of Allah. And after a long day of fasting, now a person stays awake at night also. He leaves his sleep. One extra hour he's standing in Tarawih Salah. The back is paining and it's aching and his legs are paining. But he wants to speak to his beloved. And the whole book of Allah, the Quran Sharif, one time in the year at least, a person, even if he doesn't know, he's not a hafiz of Quran. But he's given the opportunity now, the whole book of Allah, the love letter of Allah Ta'ala, he is able to listen to that letter of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if he doesn't understand it, the Quran is such a power, it has an effect on the heart of a person. And then, if he's got even more love, then he will even leave his wife and his children and his house, and he will come to the masjid, and he will spend 10 days in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to build up his, his relationship and connection with Allah Ta'ala. This is a, a sign of love. And thereafter, he's finished this. As soon as the day of Eid comes, the days of Hajj commence. And now a person wants to show an even greater level of love of Allah Ta'ala. So now he leaves his home, he leaves his country, and he goes now onto the plains of Arafat and Mina, and he goes completely disheveled, not worried about his clothing, like a mad person, like a lover, running around the Kaaba Sharif, completely against logic. But in love, this logic, logic doesn't work. I don't use my mind and my understanding, and he's throwing the stones at the shayatween and pelting. And love is actually an embodiment of the love of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. It shows a person's love which is got for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So anyhow, now when a person is practiced on all of these things, he's got Islam in his life. Islam means complete obedience, but these are, is, the, is, the, is the means of practicing and getting ready for complete obedience and complete love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this was the first part of Islam. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Mal iman, what is iman? So then that person said, um, he asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what's iman? So he said, iman is, antu'mina billahi, that you must be now, we've got Islam. But have you got Iman in our hearts or not? Qalatil Arabu Amanna. The village dwellers came and said, We've got Iman. Allah said, Allah Ta'ala said, No. Kullam tu'minu, you haven't got Iman. Well, I can call you, tell them, We've got Islam. 
the outward form of Islam if God Iman hasn't entered your heart Iman is something which will come in the heart of a person so the next thing what this person asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is what is Iman he said Iman is to believe in Allah not just to say I believe in Allah but to believe in Allah to have yaqeen that Allah is watching me I've got uh, Allah has got full power over everything Allah is the controller of the world Allah is in control of life and death to believe to bring this, the conviction of this into a heart in the person's heart and to umina billahi to believe in the angels that there is a system in the world an outward system and then there is a hidden system behind that which we cannot see and this is run by the angels Allah Ta'ala has given them certain tasks and duties which they are doing my life comes out it's not just comes out there's an angel behind it he's pulling the life out uh, there's uh, angels on my right on my left when I'm making salam to them I'm seeing they're speaking to the angels so all of this whole system which Allah Ta'ala has created of the angels to believe in the books of Allah Ta'ala there is so much of knowledge in the world but all of that knowledge has no, holds no weight in, uh, and all that knowledge is nothing at all. But I believe that the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Quran, and the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is true knowledge. And all the other knowledge in the world, uh, if it doesn't conform to it, is a complete lie. It's not a reality. It's completely falsehood. I believe in all the Anbiya alayhi salatu especially Khatamul Anbiya, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa All the other ways in the, in the world, they are completely wrong. And the only way of salvation is the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So do you have belief in this year? to believe in the day of Qiyamah uh, there are many days in the world but all of these days will come to an end but there will be one day when we will stand up before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the life of the year after which will remain forever and forever and forever so to bring all of this into our, our lives and to believe in taqdeer that khair and shar, good and evil is all in, predestined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah has got many wisdoms behind it but we believe in this so anyhow this person told Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam you have spoken the truth again and then he asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Mal ihsan. Oh, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what is ihsan? That means now we spoke about iman, we spoke about Islam, and then he said, what is ihsan? So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, after having Islam, the outward forms of Islam, and then bringing this yaqeen and conviction in a person's heart, now to create perfection of your ibadat, to create perfection in your iman, you must become a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if though you are seeing Allah ta'ala at every moment, because even though you cannot see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but definitely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you so to come to such a level of iman and Islam that at every moment a person has got this yaqeen and conviction that Allah is watching me don't you know Allah is watching you so this is the effort a person has to make and this is called so the first part of Islam is called fiqh when the person goes he learns the messiah of deen which is called fiqh and the great great fuqaha they explain this in great detail how you must perform salat, zakat, hajj, fasting how you must live with your family members all of this is explained in great detail then we get a second level which is called iman this will come in the books of the mutakallimin the scholars of Islam who wrote about our aqidah and our beliefs and ex- explained it in great detail explained to us they removed doubts from our hearts and explained that this is what is iman and then a third level and branch of Islam which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam referred to is called ihsan in other words ihsan in a, in, 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 which is also referred to as Tazkiyah in the Quran Sharif uh, Ihsan, Tazkiyah and some people call it Tasawuf so what is this here? to bring now perfection not to leave out Islam and to leave out Iman but after having Islam and Iman to now to go one level higher and to, to bring the akhlaq of Rasulullah at every moment to know Allah is watching me my external and my internal must be in accordance to the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so I will just read to you people once great person Hazrat Mulana Rashid Ahmad Gangoy who was one of the founder of Darul Um Dioband so one day he explained what is the meaning of Ihsan and this is an effort we all have to make now 
He says the knowledge of the Sufis is the knowledge of the outer and inner aspects of deen and strong conviction which is called yaqeen or also ihsan which is the loftiest form of knowledge. Their condition is that they have reformed their character and they humble themselves before Allah Ta'ala at every moment. The aim of tazkiyah, of ihsan, tasawuf is to imbibe within oneself the attributes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Allah has got rahmat, mercy, we have to bring that quality into our life. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has got forgiveness, we have to bring forgiveness into our life. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has got many, many qualities, we have to bring those qualities into our lives. Takhallaku bi akhlaqillah. To rid ourselves of our own intentions and wishes, and we must become completely subservient to the wishes of Allah Ta'ala. And to be busy with that which pleases Allah Ta'ala. The character which they strive to attain is the very character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned, that, O Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you are on the highest pinnacle of great character. And Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha said, the character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the Quran. <laughs> what was the character of theirs? He writes, there were 20 points. Number one, humility. To bring humility into our life, the opposite of pride. Number two, to treat all people courteously, and to bear patiently the harm. Number three, to treat all the people with gentleness and good character, avoiding anger and rage. Number four, to be sympathetic and to give others preference over oneself because of one abundance of kindness towards the creation. Number five, to have generosity. Number six, to overlook and forgive other people. Number seven, to be cheerful and smiling. Obviously, today's time we have to explain cheerful and smiling. Males for males, females for females. And now we're not going to the females and we are smiling with them. To be soft and kind, number eight. To be nine, number nine. To abstain from rudeness and formalities, takalluf. Number ten, to spend, to avoid stinginess and hoarding. Number eleven, to have trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number twelve, to be content, kana'at, with little of the world, whatever you have got, to be happy with it. Number thirteen, abstention from all kinds of sins which is called wara. Number 14, to avoid arguments, fights, and criticizing unless you want to establish the truth. Number 15, to be, avoid, to be devoid of ill feelings, hatred, and jealousy. Number 16, to be free from the love of wealth and fame. Number 17, fulfilling of promises. Number 18, forbearance. Number 19, to be calm and composed. Number 20, to love and befriend your Muslim brothers and to disassociate, disassociate with those of other creeds, other faiths. You can fulfill their rights and, and uh, whatever they, you can serve them also, but not to have love in your heart for them. Number tw uh, 21, to be grateful to your benefactor. And number 22, to sacrifice your honor for the good of the believers. A Sufi is one who reforms his external and internal character. The Sawuf is all about adab, etiquette. The adab of Allah Ta'ala is to turn away from all those besides him out of shame, admiration and fear for him. The worst of sins is to obey the whispers of one's evil desires, following his own desires, which causes spiritual darkness, zulmat, to spread in the heart. Qari Tayyip Rahmatullah who was the principal of Tarul Ulum Dioban, he says that the ulama of Dioban accept and acknowledge the institution of perfection of character and purification of the soul through the medium of bayat. Bayat means like how when you go to a doctor, you are sick, you go to a doctor, I've got a spiritual sickness, so you go to him, you pledge allegiance, that you, are, you tell him that you are making you my doctor, so can you please cure me from my physical sicknesses? So bayat is you go to a spiritual doctor and you ask him that I would like to get cured from my spiritual sicknesses. 
However, unfortunately, regarding this tasawuf, there has been three groups. The one group is a group of those people who completely deny, deny. They say there's no such thing as, as, as tasawuf, as tazkiyah. But I've just explained to you the 22 points which I've mentioned. This is what tazkiyah is. To purify yourself. And this is found in the Quran and the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And the people who deny it is because they have seen many innovations which people unfortunately have made up regarding tasawuf. Funny, funny things people do. They go and worship the graves and they kiss the graves, which I'm, I will come to mention now. And they do funny, funny things. So this got nothing at all to do with tasawuf. It got nothing to do with tazkiyah. Tazkiyah means to purify the heart and to build up your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what it is. No dreams and inspiration and all of those are all funny, funny things. It's got nothing to do at all with tazkiyah and tasawuf. Unfortunately, many of these bid'at and innovations that come in, so when people see tasawuf, they think tasawuf is all innovations and all funny things, so their hearts are turned away from it. So this is one group who are on, on the one extreme. The other group is on the other extreme. The day say shariat and the tariqat is two different things. Shariat, like following the commands, performing our salat, fasting, observing the laws of hijab and parda. So a person says, no, me, I've reached a level now. I'm tariqat. I'm on this part of the sawf. I'm on a higher level. So I don't have to follow shariat. So you get some of these fake peers. The woman come to them, shake hands with them. Uh, they tell them, you want to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have to make my khidmat. You have to press my legs and you have to make my khidmat and all of these funny, funny things. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, وَعَبُدْ رَبَّكَ حَتَّى يَأْتِيَكَ الْيَقِينَ Oh, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you must be a servant of Allah until death comes to you. When the Nabi of Allah is commanded that you have to follow shariat, you have to follow the laws of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, which human being can they come thereafter who actually will, can say that either the laws of shariat don't apply to me. The laws of shariat will apply to every person until he leaves this world. And then it's one level higher now. After you get shariat, is to bring tariqat, to bring the reality of this the reality of shariat into your life. This is what tariqat is. This is what the sawf is. So some people have gone on the other extreme days. We follow tariqat. We don't have to follow the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't have to follow, especially the laws of hijab. This is something which many people, unfortunately, uh, funny, funny things happen. In, in the, they call themselves Sufis and peers. And they do many, many innovations and things which are completely sh- against shariat. As I mentioned, regarding women folk, so much of uh, irregularity, uh, irregularities happen we know of, of people we've heard that they've called a female murids, muridas or whatever. You mustn't make parda in front of me. You must heart to heart. We, this thing has to pass on. So you must sit in front of me and I will give you what's in my heart. And all funny, funny things like this here. Uh, Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, O who are the most purest of people ever on the surface of the earth. When you are forced to ask the wives of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who are the most purest of women who ever came on the surface of the earth, ask them from behind the screen. Uh, they are so pure but you must still ask them from behind the screen oh woman when you are speaking be careful how you are speaking regarding your voices don't even speak in your normal voices speak with a bit of a firm voice if you are forced to speak to men because man who has got a disease in his heart he will start getting thoughts about you he will start getting uh, desires for you so Allah Ta'ala has made a separation between males and females in the, in the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam even in the masjid uh, there was a separation the woman used to only come for Nabi Sallallahu said come only for the night salahs because that time the woman used to stand in the back and there was no, like the masjid was small so Nabi Islam said first the men must stand then the children must stand behind that and then the woman will become so they were the barrier actually between the men and the woman folk and then they only could come for their night salahs because it's dark at that time so the men cannot see the woman folk they will come for Maghrib Isha and, and Fajr Salah and then Nabi Islam would make all the men sit in the masjid until the woman had gone away so there was complete separation there was segregation and then after the time of Nabi Islam in Sahaba's time they actually stopped the woman from coming to the masjid because at that time, 
it mustn't lead towards fitna, towards evil. I'm just showing you there was complete separation from the time of Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Uh, Nabi Sallallahu used to give bayan to the woman. It was a separate day he had for them. That not they all the men and women get together in a masjid. Today, and unfortunately, we've come to America. We've seen funny, funny things happening in certain masajid. So this is completely against the way of of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So anyhow, this was the the second group, and then you get the third group of people who understood the reality that Islam is the, the the object. Firstly, we have to bring Islam into our lives, and then we have to bring the reality, the akhlaq of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which is called ihsan. So Qari Tayyip Sahib Rahmatullahi says, The ulama of Dioban accept and acknowledge the institution of perfection of character and purification of the soul through the medium of bayat. However, tariqat which has passed on from bosom to bosom is no separate entity from deen. The internal and characteristic aspect of shariat is called tariqat. This is the path which is treaded for the rectification of the heart. The principles have been proven from the Quran and Sunnah. However, those customs unprincipled ways and fabricated methods which are alien to deen and not regarded as tariqah. To accept these ways is contrary to the sunnah and is completely rejected. The pious personalities are regarded as beacons of blessings and benefit, but they are not made objects of prostration. How will a person get the reality of this? Like how for, for fiqh we have to go to the fuqaha, how for, 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 for aqidah and beliefs we go to the mutakallimin, so for the sawuf to purify our heart we go to the sufiyah, the sufis, the spiritual doctors, so we have to have love for them. It is the ideology of the ulama that the awliya and sufiya are like the soul of the ummah, whereby the ummah gains spiritual enlightenment and guidance. It is for this reason that the ulama regard muhabbat and love and honor for them to be incumbent for the preservation of iman. However, excessive love for them should not lead one to start worshiping them, give them the rank of a deity. Whilst respect and honor for them is necessary, it should not be translated into acts of worship where people prostrate at their graves, they make tawaf around their graves, they take oaths on their names, they make sacrifices on their names. They should never be looked as a person who can remove our grief and sorrow. The graves should not be made venues of festivities. On occasions when these saints are remembered, under no circumstances should singing and dancing form part of such gatherings. To refrain from all such acts, thereby acting in obedience to the sunnah and desires of Nabuat, is not a matter over which one should be rebuked, but rather it is something praiseworthy. The mashayikh are guiding lights, whereby one gains spiritual upliftment, and are not pawns for satisfying one's desires, worms and fancies. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq and ability. After Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi mentioned this, and then that person, there was a, a bit longer the hadith, but he went away, and after a few days, Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu went to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told him, do you, do, do you know who that person was? So I said, Allah wa Rasul wa alam Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam know best. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Hada Jibreel. That was Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam. That man who had come. Yu'allimukum deenakum. He had come to teach you your deen. So this is your deen. Iman, Islam and Ihsan. When these three things will come into a person completely, then a person will understand, I've got the complete deen. The reality of deen will come into a person. And this is an object. And the after in the hadith, it comes about qiyamah. That now when you've got complete deen in your life, now you are ready for the day of qiyamah. You'll we'll be able to stand up before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant myself and all of us we we'll just try it in our small, humble way to explain what is this tariqah, what is the sawuf, in the, in the light of the, the, the Quran, in the light of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and the great importance of it, that it's part of our deen for perfection of iman in Islam. Uh, you got a cake, but now you need the cherry on the top, uh, the perfection of, of iman in Islam. You got a, a whole plate of, uh, pot of biryani, but now you give the people, they're not eating it. You say, why, why are you not tasting it? 
You taste a little bit and you say, hey, they forgot to put the salt. So now you tell your wife, you never put the, put the salt, you forgot. She put some salt over it, you mix the food, and now you leave the pot there, and now there's no food left over. Uh, people are enjoying it. Uh, they, so many of us, we've got Iman and Islam, but we haven't got the reality of Iman and Islam, Ihsan, correction of our character, etiquettes. So now many people, when they look at Islam, they turn off from Islam. And a beautiful example of let's give is like a kebab. You know, it's a kebab, shami kebab, kebab. So they say that when we got Iman and Islam, the outward only, it's like a raw kebab. It's raw. But now when a person decides to fry it, and now the smell starts going around, and people are getting the smell of that kebab. Even the Hindu decides to become a Muslim now after smelling that day. He says, SubhanAllah, what a wonderful smell and taste it has got. So he also wants to become Muslim now. So this is when the reality of Islam comes into a person. People will just look at us, and we can tell them, Kunu Mislana, we show them with akhlaq and character. And a person says, this is a Muslim, I want to become like him. Then it's not even much speaking. We should give da'wah to non-Muslims. But not even much speaking when people will see our lives. Automatically, they will be attracted towards us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those people. So we try to bring this, uh, the, whole of, the whole of deen into our lives, the whole of Islam into our lives. And then inshallah, a person will be ready to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. Wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Inshallah, we'll make the dhikr of Allah ta'ala for a few minutes. اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم لا اله الا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم we will make the dhikr of la ilaha illallah 50 times and allah allah 50 times when we sing la ilaha illallah think la ilaha i'm removing all besides allah ta'ala from my heart and i'm only putting allah in my heart Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Renew and refresh your iman with la ilaha illallah. So we, we think of that. And then we will say Allah 50 times. When we think thinking, Allah, then think I'm putting Allah in my heart. I love Allah. I want a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا إله إلا الله 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 
وَحْشُرْنَا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ مَعَ الْمُتَّقِينَ مَعَ الْإِيمَانِ اللهم استعملنا بسنته وتوفنا على ملته وجعلنا من حزبه اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين اكسب this gathering of ours يا الله يا الله forgive all our sins يا الله يا الله what we have spoken about يا الله bring the reality into our lives يا الله Ya Allah, bring true Islam into our lives, Ya Allah. Bring true Iman into our lives, Ya Allah. And give us the reality of Iman and Islam, Ya Allah, which is referred to as Ihsan, Ya Allah. Ya Rahman Rahim, let us become ours, Ya Allah, and you become, let us become yours, Ya Allah. Allahumma kullana waj'alna lak. Oh Allah, grant us your love, Ya Allah. The love of those who love you, Ya Allah. And those actions which will lead us to your love, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us your connection, Ya Allah. Ya Rahman Rahim, make us true Muslims, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, truth, truly subservient to you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, spread Islam and Iman. And throughout the four corners of the world, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bring alive Islam and Iman throughout the four corners of the world, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, and use us as a suburb and a means, Ya Allah, for Hidayah spreading throughout the entire mankind, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you shower your rahmat upon us and the whole Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Those who are going through difficulties, Ya Allah, you help and assist them, Ya Allah. Remove them from the plights and difficulties, Ya Allah. Ya Rahman Rahimin, you shower your rahmat and mercy upon us, our families, Ya Allah. Our, our parents, Ya Allah, our spouses, Ya Allah, our children, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, let us live with Iman and Islam, Ya Allah. Let us die with Iman and Islam and resurrect us tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah with Iman and Islam, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us the intercession of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah. Let us revive his sunnah, Ya Allah. Let us revive his practices, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you be happy and pleased with us, Ya Allah. Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta s-sami'ul alim wa tub alayna innaka anta al-tawabur rahim. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyina wa Mawlana Muhammadin wa Barik wa Salim. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaneen wa alhamdulillah. The time of Ishraq has already come in. We are encouraged every morning to read Surah Yasin. Whoever reads Surah Yasin in the beginning portion of the morning, Qudiyat Hawa'ijuhu, all his needs for that day, Allah will fulfill it. So we try to read Yasin in the morning. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, after the Fajr Salah, a person who sits in the masjid and he continues making the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala until the sun rises, and about 10 minutes after or 12 minutes after the sun rises, which we call the time of Ishraq, and then he reads two rakats of Salat, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said he will get the reward of a Hajj and Umrah, tamah, 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 complete Hajj and Umrah thawab, without getting visas, without flying so many kilometers, full reward you want of Hajj and Umrah, reading two rakats of Ishraq Salah. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, and if you read two rakats, all your sins, which is referred to minus sins, will be forgiven, even if they are equal to the forms of the ocean. And one narration, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, a person who reads four rakats in the early portion of the morning, I will make all his tasks easy for him for the rest of the day. So it becomes our dunya will be made also, and our deen will be made also. Our sins will be forgiven, we will get great rewards, and Allah will fulfill all our needs for the day by reading four rakats in the early portion of the day. If after Fajr Salah we've got some other work, we go to rest, then even at a later time also we can read the Salat, read four rakats before going to work. Inshallah we will get the reward. The reward will be slightly less, but inshallah we will still get the reward. Allah give us tawfiq inshallah throughout our lives. We try to practice upon this great sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Subhanakallah wa bihamdihi. Kira shalwa la ilaha illa. Tanastaghfirullah wa tawwilih.